stumbled onto another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life, where we explore ways to achieve those two goals. You'll find links to the composer of the original score that you just heard and everything else that we talk about on the website, getyourfillpodcast.com. I have a treat for you today. Since this episode was supposed to be recorded while I was on vacation in Florida with my partner, John Champa, I invited him to join me. Uh, Unfortunately, the recording that we did in Florida got messed up, (laughs) so now we're back in cold Boston. But anyway, he still agreed to come and be on the podcast with me, so please say hi, John. Hi, John. (laughs) Thank you for having me. So he's going to chime in whenever he wants and hopefully be your voice. So if I say something that's weird or unclear or whatever, hopefully he'll say, what the heck are you talking about? If you like this format, please let me know and I will invite him back again. Today for Move It Monday, I want to reintroduce you to an often ignored body part, your foot. Actually, both feet if you are fortunate enough to have two. I hadn't given much thought to my feet until I developed plantar fasciitis a few weeks ago. When your feet fail you, it is a real drag. So let's take care of them now before something happens to you. Speaking about feet, (laughs) uh, I wear orthodontics in my shoes, which are basically... Oh, not orthodontics. (laughs) (laughs) I wear um, arch arch supports, which are orthotics. (laughs) Um, In my shoes, and I've been doing that for the last, oh God, maybe 10 years, and um, the difference is dramatic. It's just everything, you know, everything's more in alignment. Uh, your heels are higher off the ground. Your arches are supported. Your back is, um, my back doesn't hurt me that much anymore. Um, I used to have problems with calluses on my balls and my feet. Um, they were called nucleatic calluses because they grew from the inside out because the bone used to uh, rub against the skin from the inside. Ever since I used those, I, the the um, the effect of those has decreased dramatically. So, <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring that up because the one of the cures or one of the things that they tell you when you have plantar fasciitis and also to avoid getting it is to wear arch supports. So, for these two exercises that that we're going to talk about, I got them from medicalnewstoday.com, and they're designed to increase flexibility and mobility. The website uh, also has a video, but I noticed that they don't, the video doesn't exactly match what they tell you to do, so you can do either, I guess. (laughs) But um, there's, they also have some other exercises that we'll do next time to build strength. Uh, And there's a link on my website, getyourfillpodcast.com, to this group of exercises. So the first one's called Toe, Raise, Point, and Curl, which is not really that catchy of a name. (laughs) So you're supposed to sit up straight in a chair with your feet flat on the floor. You keep your toes on the floor and raise the heels and keep raising them. You don't stop until the balls of your feet, till only the balls of your feet are on the ground. You hold that for five seconds, one, two, three, four, five, and then you lower the heels down. Oh, I can feel that in my calves. (laughs) Yeah. And for the second stage, you raise your heel all the way to where you're pointing your toes so that only the tips of the big and second toes are touching the floor. I can feel that in my arch. And then you hold that, one, two, three, four, five, and then lower it down. 
And then the third stage, you raise your heels and then you curl your toes in so that only the tips of your toes are touching the floor. And you hold that for five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. And I can feel that right in my where my plantar fasciitis thing hurts. So you're supposed to... Um, you're supposed to do this with your shoes on or your shoes off? Uh, the, the video has your shoes off. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's why probably... That's having such a hard time. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I suppose your your shoes would throw out the alignment a little bit. I have my slippers on, so... Um, and so anyway, you're supposed to do that 10 times for each each one. And then this other one is a big toe stretch. They say keeping a wide range of motion in the big toe is important, which is kind of weird because you don't really think about your big toe is moving around that much. But the, this also has three stages. It says it was designed to stretch and relieve pain in the toes, in toes that have been squashed in shoes, which I think is more of a girl thing, right? <laughs> What's that? Toes Getting, being squashed in shoes? Yeah. Yeah, men don't like their toes squashed. Well, I don't think women like them either, but they like to look nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's so... That's true. That's true. So you sit up straight in a chair with your feet flat on the floor. You bring your left foot on top of your right thigh. And then you just basically stretch the big toe up, down, and to the side. So you put your foot on top of your thigh like this. And then you grab your big toe. So you cross your legs. Well, you kind of. Yeah, it's not a true cross because you are you want your foot so to you rest be. your ankle on your on your right, other thigh. On your right knee. Okay. I think so. I mean, I think that's what... There's no video for this one. I think this is what we're supposed to do. Okay. And then you stretch it up. Just the big toe, I guess. Up, down, and to... With your fingers? With your hand? Yeah, with your fingers. Your up, hand. down, and to the side. Okay. And then it says remain in this position for five seconds, but I guess up five seconds, down five seconds, and to the side five seconds. I don't know. For up and down, I did like down was like towards the bottom of my foot and up was towards the top of my foot because I don't know really what they mean. Like it's not gravity, like mm -hmm. up, down. And then the side is more like towards the ball of your foot. And then um, you repeat it 10 times and then switch to the other foot. And this is one, I mean, I don't squish my toes in shoes. I like comfy shoes. It's important to give time to your feet, huh? Yes, it is. And it's important they carry, to... they carry you all day long, so... And it's important to give other people foot massages, too. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I hope these exercises help keep your feet feeling great. All right. So let's move on to Tagger Tuesday. In Tagger Tuesday, we're working our way through Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. And I hope you will read it, if you're not already, read it along with us. I mean, at the rate we're going, you only have to read about a chapter a month. So... Hopefully you can fit that into your life and maybe even reread it a few times to like really start to get it. I don't think it's the kind of book you can just read once and put it away. Okay, got it, you know. Um, you also can find a lot of examples of Napoleon Hill and other people reading the book on YouTube and on audiobook places out there. So you can listen as well while you're driving to work or whatever. And I think the more you hear it, the more it really starts to penetrate and you actually start taking the action the book recommends. Like the first time I read it, I just said, oh, that's interesting. Put the book away. Instead of, I didn't do any of the stuff that he tells you to do. So it didn't work that well. <laughs> like just showing up at the gym in the parking lot and then just driving away. Like, why aren't I losing weight? Um, so last time we met, which was last year, uh, we talked about faith. And I invited you to imagine yourself enjoying a hot beverage. So did you do it? 
If you did, what happened? So what should have happened if you really and truly thought and put your mind to work imagining yourself enjoying that hot beverage is that the universe, probably in the form of a coworker, or partner, or friend, should have delivered a hot beverage to you without your even having to ask for it to pay for it. And if that didn't happen, try it again. <laughs> and this time, make sure that your imaginings evoke the emotion of your enjoyment of the coffee. I mean, we do this same sort of exercise. It doesn't have to be coffee. It can be hot chocolate. <laughs> With whipped cream. Tea. <laughs> exactly. It can be, and it doesn't even have to be a hot beverage. It could be a cold beverage. It could be anything. Just something small. That was the point. It's just Something that you enjoy. Yeah, something small that you enjoy. Because, yeah, that's what I was just going to say, that we do this every day to our detriment. You know, like we walk into a meeting and we're so sure that we're going to say or do something stupid that we do something stupid. You know, we, we go in to take a test and we're like, oh, my God, I'm going to fail this test. And then you fail the test because you're so nervous you can't think straight, you know. You know, we can totally feel, like, the more you feel the emotion, the more accurately and you attract this thing. And so, you know, we, if you can totally feel your humiliation before it happens, that that's how you get it. You know, if you can retune your energy to totally feel, like, the pride and happiness that comes from having a great idea at this meeting or from getting an A on the test or whatever, you know, from contributing to something and to earning the respect of your coworkers, you know, then that's what you attract. You can be empowered to attract better things and people and experiences into your life. Right before New Year's, I was talking about this exact concept to my friend Anne-Marie, um, talking about attraction and stuff, and I used the example of ordering dinner. Like, have you ever been trying to decide what to have for dinner with friends or with your partner or whatever, and the other person says, oh, I don't want pizza. I don't want Chinese. Like, is that helpful? I mean, it, maybe it might help you avoid some restaurants, but if you're thinking of the universe like the delivery guy, like you call up Domino's and say, uh, yeah, hi, this is Chris, and I just want you to know I don't want pizza. <laughs> so at that point, one of two things is going to happen, right? The Domino's guy is either going to misunderstand you and bring the pizza anyway, or you're going to stay hungry. And there's really nothing else that can happen in that situation. So if, on the other hand, you think about what you do want, you say, oh, my God, I'm dying for a good curry, you can all of a sudden imagine sitting inside your favorite Indian restaurant, all like the amazing smells, the taste of the food, and before long, you're experiencing it in real life because once you start to think about the meal, you know exactly what steps you have to take to make it real, to make it happen. You know how you're going to be able to manifest this, this thing. And that is the kind of faith that you want to develop about other things in your life. So we, we haven't talked yet about the religious aspect of faith, but the idea of praying and knowing with 100% certainty that your prayers will be answered is exactly what Napoleon Hill is talking about. You don't have to believe in the, the God that might have been forced upon you as a young person. You don't have to like necessarily go to church every day or whatever, but you, you do have to understand that you are a creator that you are made of the same energy as the rest of the universe and the direction of your thoughts, you know, your mental energy, is the direction of the things and experiences that you attract. So, like, imagine you're depressed because there's so many negative people in your life. Everyone around you is always talking about how they've got this or that ache or pain and this or that problem and they hate their whatever and, you know. 
Then you go to an event that you don't normally attend and you meet someone who is upbeat and positive and friendly and you really like this person. You're having a great conversation and a connection and you start saying, wow, it is so nice to talk to you. All the other people in my life are so negative and they just want to talk about their illnesses. And then the other day I was talking to this person. They were telling me how they had this surgery, blah, blah, blah. And you share all this negativity that you've been experiencing and then you wonder why the person doesn't take up you up on your offer to go for lunch, right? I mean, positive attracts positive and negative attracts negative. It's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. It's that It really is that simple. And when you start to think about... Whatever you whatever you tell your mind to think, that's what it's going to think. And, what, and whatever you focus and on. And if you do believe in God, God wants you to be happy. And he wants you to be successful. He or she. He or she. And... <laughs> You know, we only have to focus on that, and uh, it'll come true. All the energy in the universe will be directed to that one thing or one experience, know, experience or life or, or whatever. whatever. Whatever you want, <clears throat> you can have whatever you can have whatever you picture in your mind if you really work hard towards it and believe in it. Well, yeah, once you focus energy, on it. Yeah. Like even with like the simple example of the Indian food, as soon as I know I want Indian food, it's like, oh, okay, now I know exactly how to get it. So say your prayers and know that whatever your mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. That's one of Napoleon Hill's sayings. All and right. I just read a small inspirational book yeah. on the plane back from Florida. <laughs> it was just a tiny book you know, full of um, you know, inspirational um, sayings from different people. Um, it was partly religious, but it was also partly um, philosophical. They had a lot of authors and philosophers and poets with their, you know, with all of their different sayings. And um, it talked a lot about, you know, fear, stress, and, you know, other things that, you know, other things that come into your life that basically take away from your happiness. And it's it's not easy because this world will... Will definitely bring you down if you let the exterior forces forces do it to you. Oh well, yeah, if you sit at home watching the news all day, you know, and I hear yeah. people talking about, oh, this is so terrible about this happened and that happened, you know. Okay, yes, bad things are going on, but why don't we look at some good things and focus on that and attract that kind of energy? And if we all did that, maybe only great things would happen. All right, so where are we Wednesday? So it's interesting today's podcast episode is in the sunrise series format which is based on the facebook live series that i created in 2019 to help hold me accountable to my 2019 goal of getting up every day to see the sunrise but now it's 2020 i've achieved my 2019 goal and i've actually stopped doing the sunrise series i, I actually really miss it and i'm, I'm mm, still doing a lot of other people miss it too <laughs> thanks john mm. I'm still doing Foodie Friday, and I still get up and walk on the beach every day. But, you know, I don't know. I miss that live format and the feedback. So we'll see what happens. I might pick it up again. Um, on the positive side, I attended the International Mastermind Association's annual accountability meeting in Boca Raton, or Raton, as they say. Um, that, for me, was a great experience. It was hosted by Ann McNeil, who we met in Episode 9. The preparation for the meeting was creating an annual report for the 10 major aspects of your life. Um, John attended it with me. John, what did you think of the annual meeting? Well, it was, uh, wasn't what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, I've been to some uh, motivational self-help 
seminars before and this was um, nothing like them this was very uh they expected a lot more participation <laughs> from everybody personally than this one to tell you the truth I, when i first i was kind of uh, felt a little anxious going and you know it's kind of didn't know what to expect but as soon as we got there i mean the people were very warm and welcoming and you know after about 15 20 minutes being there i felt comfortable and you know you were you felt like you were a group of giving people that just wanted to give back to society and help in any way that they can i knew a lot of the people ahead of time so i knew i was going to be in a big love envelope when i arrived <laughs> um and, but I found the process of creating the annual report to be really helpful, you know, both summing up 2019 and planning for 2020. You have to, you know, there's a whole section where you have to talk about your accomplishments for the past year in the 10 aspects of your life, like financial, family, um, creative, business, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I had to really search my mind to come up with things. And then once you start, like, you know, what did I accomplish in my spiritual life in 2019? What My family life, my business, financial. It, you know, it forces you to, like, really revisit the year. Mm. And doing that helped me to set goals for 2020 in areas that I realized were lacking after I look back at 2019. Yeah, it was just, it wasn't just a day event. I mean, it started weeks in advance. You had a... <laughs> well, yeah, they caught phone calls. You had to get phone calls um, telling you about the meeting, and they actually gave you homework. <laughs> you have to, yeah. like Chris was saying, come up with a 10-page annual report of what you did, what you wanted to do, that you didn't do the past year. And right, yeah, challenges, why you couldn't do something you wanted to do. also you had to come up, you had to write your own obituary. Yeah, that was interesting, because you mm -hmm. want to know what you want people to say about you after you're gone. And you had to write your own affirmation which I still am trying to figure out what that is. but He wrote one, though. Yeah. He had one Basically, on it's um, what you want to do for the next, what you want to accomplish in your goals for the next six months, a year, two years, five years. It's also what you want your life to look like. You know what yeah, I mean? what you like, want your life to look like, right. That's why the obituary is so helpful, actually, because if you think about what you want people to say about you after you're gone, you can kind of work backwards. You know, like if you say, oh, this is a person who really cared about you know, their family or they really um, were very generous and philanthropic, you know, you, you think, oh, I guess I better start, you know, sometime soon being generous and philanthropic and taking care of my family if I want everybody to, you know, I don't know. Hmm. It's, it's, it's actually, it's really valuable. Moving on to thank moving you. On. Moving on. <laughs> thank you Thursday. So for Thank You Thursday, I thought it would be helpful to talk about gratitude and its impact on your life. So instead of us telling you things that we're grateful for, we can just talk about gratitude. Can I talk about the grateful list now? Um, yes. Because <laughs> I was going to say it's perfect that John's here because he was a stranger to gratitude when we first met. So do you remember the first time I asked you if you were grateful for anything? Not really. <laughs> I remember it very well. This means it. You remember it well more than I do. I did because I said, you know, we were we were literally laying in bed together, all snuggled up, which John doesn't want me to tell you. But I said, oh, are you grateful for anything today? And he said, no. <laughs> I can't, can't think, think of, of anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, really? You can't think of one thing. You're like laying here in bed all snuggled up with me and you can't think of a single thing you're grateful for. So that was, you know. But now, you know, tell... Tell everybody how it is now. 
Five years later? Yeah, for pretty much five years later after. after she has to stop me. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll go on and on and on and on and on. It, it does make a big, it makes a big difference in your day when you just, you know, first thing in the morning when you get up, you just think of all the things that you have in your life. You know, and you're, you're amazed at how rich and wealthy you really are. Exactly. Whether it's financially or not financially, spiritually or family, or we're all blessed. You know, like the Rolling Stones say, you can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, and, and Cheryl Crow, is it, what's her thing? I think it's Cheryl Crow who says, um, oh no, I can't think of it. But I was thinking of it when you said that. That it's not it's not wanting what you it's not getting what you want it's wanting what you've got right exactly it's the, it's the same thing it's same, like same idea yeah it's like oh this isn't good enough this isn't good enough well you're never going to be satisfied because there's always going to be someone or something that has more some different of the, better some of the happiest people in the world are have nothing you know but they're you can see it when you meet them yeah they're always smiling always willing to help full of love you know and. What people don't realize is that's what wealth is. Right. That's the secret to a, a wonderful life, a happy life. I mean, money helps, but... Money helps. Money helps a little bit, but, you know, basically, what do we really need? Right. We need, we need uh, shelter. We need love. We need food. Those are the basic necessities, and if you have those, anything else is a plus. So that's a good segue into Foodie Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is a first for Foodie Friday because usually we make the dish and it's already, you know, the video is already up on Facebook or YouTube or whatever by the time you hear about it. But this time, because we were on vacation, um, we're going to talk it through first and then do the actual prep after the fact, <laughs> but hopefully before you hear this. So since it's early in the year and a lot of people have goals that involve weight loss and healthy eating, we are going to make a low calorie and low carb creamy vegetable soup so a link to without the, cream without cream right exactly a, a link to the recipe is on recipe tineats.com and they actually have a video i think of somebody making it and hopefully the video of john and i making the soup will be on the website getyourfillpodcast.com before you hear this so what makes the broth creamy like john said it isn't cream it's two large peeled and sliced zucchini that you saute the life out of, along with cauliflower, veggie broth, onion, garlic, garlic powder, onion powder, pepper, and milk. And they're telling you to start off with a cauliflower that's as big as a basketball. And John and I discussed the fact that... Not a basketball. Yeah, it's, it's like, that's really <laughs> More big. More of an oversized softball. <laughs> <laughs> well, or maybe you need to buy like two normal cauliflowers or something. Mm -hmm. But anyway, if you can't find one as big as a basketball... They tell you to peel the stalk and like dice that up and put it into the broth. Um, so you take about like a quarter of the cauliflower and break it into bite-sized florets. Put that aside for the soup and then the rest you break into medium-sized florets. And then you just put that in a large pot with two zucchini sliced, an onion, garlic, two garlic cloves, whole, um, two cups of veggie broth, two cups of water. They say the liquid probably isn't going to be enough to cover the veggies, but that's okay. You just go with it. So you put the lid on that, boil it. Once you bring it to a boil, you adjust the heat so it's simmering energetically. Energetically. Energetic mm -hmm. simmering, yeah. But 
you know, you probably know what that looks like, like lots of action going on in the pot. And you cook it for 15 minutes until the cauliflower is soft. If you cook it longer, supposedly it's better. So I don't know why they don't just tell you to cook it longer. Mm -hmm. First place, but it says you better because you're going to put all the stuff in the blender. <clears throat> the smoother the veggies are, the creamier the soup is going to be. So they take your soup off the heat. You put your garlic powder, onion powder, a cup of milk, and a pinch of black pepper. Stir that around. And then fill up your blender about two-thirds of the way full with this mixture. Put the lid on. You put a dish towel over the lid just in case. And then you puree that. You start on low and then get faster and faster. You probably know how to do all this stuff. Transfer that into another container and keep doing that till you pureed all the soup. I mean, if you have one big giant blender, you can just throw everything in. Well, I don't think you have to puree all the soup. There's still got to be chunks of vegetable in there. Well, there will be because you have. this is just becoming the broth. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so that's your broth. Yummy and creamy and low cal. Okay, so now we're ready to make the soup. You get a large pot, put in a tablespoon of olive oil, add a minced garlic clove, an onion chopped. Cook that for a minute. And then put in two large carrots, cut into half-inch pieces, three celery sticks, cut into quarter-inch pieces. And you cook that for two minutes just to kind of, you know, mm -hmm. wilt them around a little bit. Yep. Then you add thyme, a, two red capsicum. Capsicum? Yeah, which what's, I... What's capsicum? I, I had to Google <laughs> it because I never heard Is of capsicum pepper? before. It's Yeah, I think it's like, like a... a hot pepper. I think it's a hot pepper, yeah. Yep. It sounds like it's not kind of like one of those bigger chili peppers. Yeah. Um, and then a pound of zucchini. <clears throat> Cook that till everything is soft, about two minutes. Then you take that nice creamy broth you just made, stick that in. And if it's too thick, you know, obviously just put a little water in. And then add that cauliflower that you saved from before. All you have to do now is simmer that five minutes, which I don't think is going to be enough to cook that cauliflower, do you? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Basically, you have to just... Um Make sure your vegetables are cooked, I think, before you put the cream in. Because the, the cream that you've made with the other vegetables is already cooked. Yeah, but so. it tells you to put the um, cauliflower in after um, and just cook that for five minutes. Well, cauliflower, I think, is like broccoli. So it's going to be cooked So I think it's quick. Okay. I think it cooks quick, yeah. All right. Well, we'll let you know after we actually make it. Yeah. Simmer five minutes, add salt and pepper, and that is it. You can garnish it with finely chopped parsley. And as the chef suggests, splurge the calories that you saved on a yummy grilled cheese sandwich to dunk into the soup. Mm. Enjoy. <laughs> so <clears throat> finally, just to, we're at Surprise Me Saturday. So since we're just embarking on the new year, let's talk a little about goals. Um, a lot has been said about goals and the people who make them. But I know there are a lot of us who struggle to set goals that we can actually achieve. So for me, the key to that is to take that big, giant 2020 goal and to turn it into daily action. Like if I can check something off the list every day, it's much easier for me to get my brain around that than just some big blue sky thing that's going to happen in a year or so. So like running a marathon is a good example. A marathon is, you know, 26.2 mile run, which is really freaking far <laughs> and it takes hours to do it you know but if you have a year to train they tell you to start by walking 20 to 30 minutes two or three times a week that's it walk for half an hour mm. i mean obviously you have to increase that little by little but each increase feels okay because you're more fit at each 
you know, at each time after doing that for a week and then you maybe you walk a little further or you do it more often or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to want to run a marathon, but so like take your goal of saving a hundred thousand dollars and, you know, break it into little chunks. How can you spend less than you're currently spending and add that automatically into the pot? How can you make a little more each day or week and add that? Why is the goal so much, why is goal setting such a problem in this, in this time right now? time we're in i mean the well i mean i think it's immediate gratification you know we're not I used think the to problem it. is that is that we have too many distractions yeah too that's many true television internet computers cell phones i mean we don't really know what we want we try to think we know what we want by seeing what Other is projected to us yeah but also you know like back in the day like my parents and i think you know maybe your parents like my parents grew up on a farm. My dad grew up on a farm. So well, they had no choice. Well, I mean, they he really... would, but I mean, he would plant something, right? And he would know that it would take months mm-hmm. to actually see anything happen, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're not used to that. We Like, if I want, you know, if I can't have my, you know, yeah. hot water in three seconds, then I'm but not that's happy. Where, that's, where, that's where that instant gratification comes from, is media in, in uh, you know, whether it be television or any type of you know, ads doesn't have to be. It can be you know advertising. You yeah. have to have it now. But also, That's the world is faster now. I mean, things mm-hmm. just are happening faster. There's, there's all kinds of like celestial reasons for that or whatever. But our lives are much faster than our parents' lives and our is grandparents' lives. Is a good thing lives. or a bad thing? Well, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, it's it is what we have, so we have to deal with it. And well, I mean, to a certain point, I guess. <laughs> years ago they used to you know I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of years ago they used to build cathedrals that would take yeah. 300 years to build yeah, so the guy that the guy the, actually, the guy that actually designed it or engineered it knew that he wasn't going to see his work completed yeah imagine the you know I don't know the word I'm looking for is the dedication yeah dedication that you know, somebody has to have to work on something that you know I'm not going to see it finished. Somebody will, right? Yeah. So he's not thinking of himself, basically. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, well, so bringing that back to the idea of saving—that's what you kind of have to do. Is that you know, it, it's hard to say. Oh, I'm going to save someday. I'm going to have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. But today, like, what difference does it make if I buy an extra cup of coffee? Because that's not, you know, going to help. And that's not going to make any difference. So you really have to break it, break that big giant goal into little chunks. So like I was saying, how can you spend a little less? How can you save a little more? How can you make a little more money and add each of that things? And, and so if you like look at increments, if you can just spend a half of a percent, a half of a percent less each week, right? Yeah. Which is nothing, right? Well, well I mean, of course, well, first you have to know how much you're you spending. You buy a cup of coffee a day. Yeah. I mean, coffee now is $2 a cup. I don't know where you go. I mean, coffee can be 4 well, or $5 that's, a cup. That's, <laughs> the, that's the, you know, that's the, the low end. Yeah, that's McDonald's coffee, right? That's the low end. No, McDonald's <laughs> has it for a dollar. Oh, okay. Dunkin' Donuts is 2 and then you can go to Starbucks and pay 4 But yeah. anyway, if you start at the 2 I mean, there's 365 days in a year. Yeah. I mean, say, you, you, know, you know, weekends you don't buy it. So say there's, <laughs> I don't know, 300, 250. But anyway, it works out to be 500 bucks. Yeah. 
But he, even that, like I would say to myself, oh, 500 bucks, what good is that going to do when I want to save 100,000? Right. So that's, that's why you have to pat yourself on the back. You know, so if you figure out how much you spend in a week and you say, if I can reduce that by a half a percent each week, you know, by the end of the year, you have cut your expenses by 25 percent, mm-hmm. you know, more than 25 percent. So if you can save a half a percent more each week, if you're currently at zero. It doesn't you, matter if you make uh, $100 a week or $100,000 a week. It's not the amount. It's the is what you is what you save out of that amount. Exactly. And that's what so many people do today. They just spend it all. You know, they figure they're making a lot, so they got to spend a lot. You know, I need another car. I need a boat. Um, you know, I need another TV. Or I need. You don't. You don't need that. Well, you know what else that I think erodes a lot of people's savings is are not their savings, but their monthly is like all these subscriptions. You know, like oh, cable's two hundred dollars, and yeah. we've got Audible's twenty bucks, and this one's twenty bucks, and this one's twenty. And the next thing you know, like people yeah, you got Amazon Prime, you got hundreds of dollars. Netflix, you have. What else? Well, everything. I mean, all these things cost. Everything time you turn around, you can pay like monthly for Microsoft Word. You can pay monthly for all these other. You know, exactly. like yeah. I have my website. I have to pay for. I have my, um, you know, cu- my customer relationship management system. All these things. It's all subscription. You can't just buy it and be done with it. Mm-hmm. You have to pay for it month after month. It's a pain in the behind, and it, it's just small amounts. But it, you know, like what does Thomas and Jefferson said? A small a leak can sink a big ship. Well, if a drop can make a hole in in concrete, if it right. hits the same spot long enough. Exactly. So, yeah, so. but it's... Um, well, I mean, first you have to know what you spend. Yeah. And, and then you have to know what you make. And you have to look how the two add up and then how much can you save and how can you get to save more. You know, maybe take on a little part-time job. Maybe make a little, you know, ask for a raise. <laughs> maybe it's just that simple, you know. But if you can just have this half a percent each week goal, then, you know, by the end of the year, it really adds up. It really makes a big difference. I mean, people want to train for a marathon by running 26 miles. <laughs> that won't work, you know. <laughs> You're going to fail. You're going to get frustrated. So, if, But if you can break your goals into tiny steps that you know you can take today. Yeah. It might th- seem too big looking at it right now. Well, it might seem you too, achieve, yeah. too minimal, the changes you can make right now. But at least you're going in the right direction. Exactly. So that's it. Thanks for joining us today. Tune in next week. We'll have Jeff Hyatt. Uh, Jeff is a special kind of accountant who will help you save money on your taxes in a novel and a legal way. In the meantime. Thanks, Chris, for having me. (laughs) Thanks, John, for being here. I really had fun. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Have a great year. (laughs) We'll talk to you again. You might come back. You might not have to wish him for the whole year. (laughs) 